You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 235 with Kate Turner. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Kate Turner on the show today. We are going to be talking about the things that we should be doing as we approach our 40s or if you are in your early 40s. I have noticed talking to a lot of moms lately that they just don't feel the same, like their hormones are changing, um, you know, just getting closer to 40 or if they're, you know, slightly past 40, maybe their hair's changing and all of these things that they're just not that excited about. And so I wanted to start having some women come on the show so that we can kind of talk about this um, because I am finding that I am becoming the expert in this situation and by no means am I the expert. So I'm like, we actually need to have people on the show that know more than me. Um, So we are going to talk to Kate all about our metabolism, why our metabolism changes as we get older, um, what we need to do to kind of just hold on to our muscle because we lose muscle, um, why restricting too much food is not the best idea, and um, are we even consuming enough? And if we don't consume enough, we slow our metabolism, uh, as well as being careful with our sleep. She talks about like really protecting our sleep. And I know a lot of people are just kind of like, uh, you know, I don't need to sleep that much, but we really do. And it makes such a big difference um, to really taking care of your body and for it to repair itself. Uh, We also just talk about some supplements that are really good to take um, no matter how old you are. And uh, we just dive into that and why it's important and also why drinking water is so important. So simple things that we can do, you guys, um, but that will make a world of a difference. And you know, you can start implementing this today. And so I hope you guys really enjoy this and are inspired um, to kind of like just take your life back if you haven't been feeling great and know that there's some things that you can do uh, to maybe just feel like your old self again. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. So before we jump in this show, I wanted to remind you guys, if you didn't hear me talk about Beauty Counter, um, that I became a Beauty Counter consultant because I just love their products, I was able to try some samples from a friend of mine and I absolutely fell in love with them. And so I wanted to offer you guys the same opportunity. So I am getting around to sending out my Beauty Counter samples. So I know how hard it is for people to make the switch to safer clean products without actually trying them first. So um, next week, I will be sending out samples to you if you are interested. So if you've never ordered and want to try something, um, let me know. You can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or if you follow me on Instagram, or my Facebook page. It's Mom Inspired Living. If you already don't follow me there, make sure to go do that. That way um, you kind of always know what's going on and you're not missing things. Um, But most important though, you guys, if you never want to miss anything, really you need to subscribe to my email list. So all you have to go to is mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email. I say this because with all the platforms going on and they can just dictate what they want and they can censor everything and they can hide your post or whatever. They can do that. That's that's their right to own their stuff. And I don't own that. What I own is my email list and I own my website. So 
Um, if you were ever to lose track of me, if you subscribe to my email list, you will always know what's going on. So I do want to point that out, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I digress. So I wanted to let you guys know what samples I have so that if you are interested, you can let me know. All right. So I have the charcoal mask and it's amazing for all skin types. The star of the show when it comes to balancing skin absorbing oil and reducing pore size. I also have All Bright C Serum. It's 10% vitamin C concentration and it instantly brightens skin tone and improves dark spots. It's antioxidant rich and protects against um, environmental stressors. And then my favorite is the Overnight Resurfacing Peel. It's uh, botanical acids, um, botanical acids, exfoliate, and then it soothes to wake up with radiant, smoother, glowing skin and it and visibly smaller pores. And you guys, this is my favorite product, I'm telling you. So I love the vitamin C and the charcoal mask is so amazing. So if you want to try this, this is the time to do it. I would love to send you some samples. So again, reach out to me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook page, Mom Inspired Living. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Kate, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Amber. I'm excited to be here. So I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show. And so the question that I've been asking recently is, what is one thing you wish you could tell your younger self? Okay. You know what? I think, which I'm sure a lot of people would, is stress less. Mm. Um, I think the younger version of me, and you know, if we get into my background, um, we'll talk about, but just being in the profession that I'm in, it was a lot of schooling and a lot of hours in hospitals and labs and um, also trying to work at the same time because you're not getting paid at certain points mm. um, and really trying to be present more and stressing much less. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that and stress is so bad for you. And I don't think you realize oh, that yeah. as a younger person, I think mm. you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I, I burnt out my adrenals when I was younger because I was going, I was oh, working and doing my master's. And mm -hmm. I think when you're young in your 20s, you just think you can just like go, go, go. And yeah. some people may be able to like get away with it. I, I wasn't. It, it hit me. It hit me later. And I was like, oh, this is what I did to myself. Oh, totally. And I think at that stage in life too, you're thinking that's what you should be doing. Yeah, like yeah. I always was comparing myself to other people and thinking, well, I could do more. And I was in a similar situation. I was getting my master's. Mm -hmm. I was in my dietetic internship and then I was working as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, know. I was kind of like, is there <laughs> anything else I could do? You know, is there anything else yeah. I should be doing? Yeah. To Instead of being like, no, along? you should lay down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and at that time too, you're still, you know, I'm going out with friends and having a social life, which is great. But yeah, you know, running on complete empty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So let's jump into a little bit more about who you are. Um, yeah. How about you share with us your full name, where you live, how many kids you have in their ages? Okay. So I'm Kate Turner. I currently live in Santa Cruz, California, but um, I am from Philadelphia and we are actually moving to Wilmington, North Carolina oh. in the next couple months. So we got lots of changes coming and then I am actually pregnant with my first. Aww. So I'm about 22 weeks along nice. now. Um, and we're, you know, we're really excited to start this next chapter. 
Yeah, that's it. That's exciting. Um, I was saying to you before that we don't always have many pregnant women on the show. So and especially your first. So um, yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so Kate, how about you? You shared a little bit when you were just trying to yeah. you were in your sharing with us the icebreaker. But how about you just share a little bit more um, about how you got to where you are today? And then we'll jump into the interview. Definitely. Okay, so I'm going to try and keep this short. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I luckily knew going into my undergrad that I did want to pursue nutrition. So I went to Virginia Tech, had a fabulous experience there. Um, Once I left Virginia Tech, moved back to Philadelphia, started my master's, um, and then was also working professionally as well in nutrition um, and starting my dietetic internship, kind of that crazy period of my life. And then I was really fortunate once I passed my RD exam Um, I worked as the wellness director for the fastest growing Y in the country, um, which was in the Philadelphia area. And I was able to start some of their wellness programs, all of their nutrition programming, another place where I was just running on empty. Um, I had such a great experience, but you know, I was teaching group exercise classes at six in the morning and then, Mm. you know, it would be working all day and we'd have a nutrition seminar at 7 PM that night. Um, and then I was also teaching, um, graduate courses as well at the time. So from seven to 10 at night. So it was, you know, it was just a lot, but it, it was a great experience and it really threw me into all different aspects of nutrition and health. And during that time, I also got, um, my personal training certification. So I was able to kind of be that one point of contact for all of my clients, which I loved rather than having them, you know, go to a personal trainer and then I have to connect with them and, um, realizing there were bits of information that weren't being communicated properly. Um, so that was kind of where my journey took me. And I really did hit kind of like a burnout phase. Um, and before my husband and I moved to California, he actually had to, he moved out earlier um, for a job opportunity. And I still had some commitments back in Philadelphia, like teaching. And I just took a pause and thought to myself, okay, I, before I move out to California, um, you know, I have this time. Is there anything I want to do? And while I was an undergrad, I studied abroad in Florence during the summer and I took a Mediterranean cooking course. And then Mm. actually following that, a lot of my research was always done in Mediterranean um, cuisine and the Mediterranean diet. And I just fell in love with it. So I thought to myself, you know, because I had told myself back then that if I ever get the opportunity or chance to come back to Italy Mm. and do a true like you know, chef's program, culinary course in Mediterranean cuisine, I'm going to do it. And I was like, is this my time? Is this my time to do it? And luckily my husband was really supportive. Um, and it worked out. So I actually went to Italy for a little over three months. Wow. And uh, yeah, I went (laughs) to, um, a culinary school in Calabria called the, um, uh, it's ICI. So the Institute of, um, or Italian Culinary Institute. Sorry, I always get that messed up. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but it was one of the best things for me, not only professionally, because I was doing a lot of cooking demos and things like that. And I always really want to have the education behind what I'm doing. But it was that final realization of, I need to slow down. 
and it forced me to slow down. And, you know, our program was somewhat vigorous, but I also got time to myself Mm. um, and time to just reflect and time to do yoga each morning on my balcony overlooking the Ionian Sea. And yeah, just um, it was probably one of the best wake up calls for myself. Mm. Um, Also, even in the fitness area, which I'm sure we'll get into, Amber, just about like overdrive Mm. when exercising and um, thinking that, again, that's what we should be doing. Um, but in reality, it's, it's not what's best for our body. So I went there and then when I uh, got to California, I started working with Nordic naturals as their dietitian. Um, and throughout I have had my private practice, um, which has been completely virtual since I moved out here. Um, and then I've been out here for about four years and, um, you know, just, Honestly, I, I the thing I love about nutrition the most is it's constantly changing and this, there's always new science and there's always new research coming out. Um, and just finding, you know, more of a lifestyle change for us out here and realizing how important things like stress management mm. and sleep um, and meditation and yoga and all those things and how much they do impact your nutrition and fitness goals. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cool experience for you to like have all of that. And um, the reason why I wanted you to come on today is because I just feel like, especially for women um, who are approaching their 40s, or they may be in their 40s, um, I'm just hearing more and more that, you know, people's hormones are changing, if it's their cycles mm-hmm. are changing, their PMS is getting worse, or they're losing their hair, their skin, they're not sleeping like all these things, or they're having to change their workouts, like the workouts are not working for their bodies anymore. And so I wanted to talk to you about this, because I feel like women are just feeling frustrated, and they just don't know what to do. And I just love to hear your thoughts on this. And um, what are some things that might help them to make this kind of transition, you know, coming out of your 30s, when you're having kids going into your 40s, and you know, you're moving past, you know, I mean, some people obviously still have kids early 40s. But for the most part, if they're moving away from that, they're they're transitioning into the next phase. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, so lots of things are happening. Um, as you approach your 40s, but also in your 30s, it happens at different times for different people. But there are a few key things that I think everyone should focus on. Hopefully you're focusing on it before you hit 40 and that's, what's really important. But if not can still manage at 40, it's, I just will say, you know, and I like to be honest that, um, for women, especially after we get to a certain point, and again, everyone's different, it is very difficult to manage some of these things. So first one being that we all think about is metabolism. So once we hit 40 and sometimes earlier, our metabolism decreases by about 5 to 10% every decade, which may seem like not a lot, um, but it does have a big impact. And this is unfortunately where men don't have as much of an issue, um, but us women do. So things to focus on with your metabolism. Um, and a lot of these will go hand in hand with my other recommendations. But one is making sure you're eating enough. So that's one thing I see with a lot of women is when they start to almost have that metabolism slow down, they think they're eating too much, which in some cases you may be, Mm. but then they start restricting. Mm. And I'll see a lot of the times meal skipping. So, oh, you know, I'm, 
I'm just going to like start skipping lunch or I'm going to start skipping breakfast and I'll reduce my calorie intake, right? Because they're very focused on calories, but not realizing when you're not consuming enough, that actually slows your metabolism down even more because your body doesn't know when you're trying to lose weight. It really only knows like starvation mode and fed mode. (laughs) So it actually thinks you're going into starvation mode. So it tries to conserve those calories. And our metabolism is something we have to be very protective over Mm. because this is something like if you are a cereal yo-yo dieter, which means you've been fluctuating your metabolism throughout your life and things like that, your metabolism is really hard to get back, especially for women as we get older. So it's something you want to constantly be thinking about. And one of the ways, which is also something you want to be thinking about as you approach 40 and getting older is consuming enough protein. So I always suggest women consume at least 20 to 30 grams of protein at every meal. And then for snacks, anywhere from five to 10 grams of protein, basically protein for various reasons, but in terms of metabolism, it's the toughest for your body to digest and it takes your body the longest to digest. So that increases your metabolism. And that's why, you know, having protein at breakfast is really important because if you think of your metabolism like a wheel, we want to get it going first thing in the morning. So it can just keep burning and moving quicker and quicker throughout the day. Um, so protein's a big one for your metabolism, but also for uh, muscle preservation. So even at 40, for women, we can start to lose muscle mass. And the more muscle you have on your body, the more fat we essentially burn because our metabolism is increased. So you want to make sure that we are supporting our muscles to prevent any types of muscle loss. And then also to still be able to gain muscle, right? To still, if you're, that's part of your exercise routine, which strength training is going to be very important during this time. We want to make sure we're supporting it with protein. So again, aiming for at least 20 to 30 grams of high quality protein at each meal, um, which what that looks like for some people um, is anywhere from like a three to four ounce piece of meat, fish, um, or for eggs. This is a, this is one I see all the time. People do two eggs at breakfast and you know what? It's like, we've been programmed like that. Cause if you go out to a restaurant, I mean, unless you're getting a three egg omelet, they always give you two eggs. Right. Um, but two eggs, we don't realize only has about 14 grams of protein. Mm. So so you're saying it's not enough. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh Oh. yeah. Yeah. It's like get those three and you know, I always suggest to getting pasture raised eggs. Mm. Um, they're going to have the most nutrition in them, but having three eggs on your plate and making sure, and maybe you add in a little bit more protein there. Um, but, or for people who are smoothie drinkers, I often see just not enough protein being added. Um, and for people to know too, that even if your protein powder says, you know, there's 20 grams of protein per serving or 15 grams of protein, you have to know that you're probably not absorbing all of that. So also adding in maybe another protein source, like some nuts or nut butter, um, just to help boost that as well. So protein is very important, not only for your metabolism, um, but for muscle preservation. So that's one, one thing you can do is just start paying attention to your plate at all your meals and snacks and asking yourself, is there a protein here? And maybe for the first week or so, you're actually, you know, 
calculating it out. Am I getting enough? Am I sure? You know, am I not sure? Or working with a dietitian um, and making sure you're hitting your protein needs. One thing that stood out to me, what do you think about adding collagen to your um great eating? question? Yeah. So collagen I, I like collagen. I add it to my matcha every morning mm. and sometimes, you know, to smoothies if I'm making yeah. it or oatmeal. Um, collagen is great because it has things like glycine, which is an amino acid that's really important for us that oftentimes we don't get enough of because it actually comes from the bones of animals. So unless you're having like a bone broth or um, maybe you're making short ribs with bone in, we just don't get enough. However, collagen is not a complete protein. Right. So I so, wouldn't use it as a complete protein source. So like in your smoothie, mm-hmm. collagen shouldn't be your only protein source, but adding in a scoop. So let's say you're using a protein powder and then you add in a scoop of collagen. That It's a great supplemental protein, but I wouldn't count it as your main protein. Yeah. That's what I currently do. And now yeah. I think some people do two scoops in a day. I only do one. I use vital protein, mm-hmm. but... um. Do you feel like, okay, so do you use two in a day or do you use one scoop? Oh, so that's, I mean, it's completely up to you. Okay. Yeah. If you're not going to overdose on collagen. Yeah. But would you um, say, oh, you it, really should try yeah. to get to the two scoops? So it depends too with what kind you're using. So if you're getting, I would say with collagen, you want anywhere from maybe 10 to 20 grams a day, depending on your lifestyle. Um, But trying to hit maybe 10 grams a day to see um, benefits and change is ideal. Okay. And what do you feel like if if people are not really familiar with collagen, um, we won't stay on this very long, but like what stands out to you, especially thinking about you know, 40 year olds and, and, and whatnot, like getting older. Um, what, what do you think this is a good, you know, add in for, for us um, women? Yeah. So definitely for, um, I mean, we talk about like, you know, the collagen that surrounds our joints and the collagen that's in our skin and really it's just helping support that. Um, so benefits have been seen, you know, with, in terms of skin, you know, plumpness of your skin, better elasticity, Mm. which is something we all want, especially as women with Mm -hmm. our skin. Um, But then also it's been shown too to help um, with our gut health as well. Mm. And collagen has been helpful there, which when our gut is healthy, a lot of other things are healthy, like our immune system um, and also weight management, things like that. Um, and then also too, if you're having, you know, collagen issues surrounding your joints, right. Mm -hmm. And your joint health, it's, um, really important there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, you're just like, does this stuff really work? Like you just have no idea. Right. And so, I mean, I've been taking it for so long in my protein shake. I'm like, I don't really even know if this works. I mean, cause I think sometimes people will think they'll really be able to notice. I don't, I don't personally notice visually I'm just, yeah. I'm just banking on that it's doing something. So would you say it's most likely doing something <laughs> over time? I, I will say, Amber, like you have to be, which it sounds like you're consistent. Yeah, I am. But you have to be consistent with it for yeah. sure, which is yeah. any supplement. Yes. If you want to see changes from any supplement or just food in general, you got to be consistent with it. Um, And then like we talked about too, trying to hit like close to that 10 grams a day. But yeah. if you are very physically active, you may need closer to that 20 oh, okay. to 30 mm-hmm. grams. Yeah. Um, 
But again, that may be someone who's training more than once a day or doing very heavy strength training, things like that, or again, just need extra joint support. Mm. It may be ideal for them. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. So the other thing that I'm hearing when um, women are kind of talking about just the changes of things, and and I don't even mean going into menopause, I think it could be the start of perimenopause. And like you said, Mm -hmm. that can go in your thirties. I think 37, 38 or something is when that can start. Um, So one thing that stands out to me is sleep is, you know, either they're not prioritizing sleep or they're struggling with sleep or something. And, And the thing is too, you're coming out of having kids or you could still have kids when you have babies and that's challenging as well. But, um, what, what, what are your thoughts with sleep? Because I think sometimes people, they'd like to brag about having five hours of sleep and being like, that's enough. That that was never my case, but um, yeah. I'm like, I need a lot more sleep. And so just share with us like what, why this is such a big deal. And, um, and if people are struggling to actually get it and they want it, what is your thoughts? Okay. So you are completely right. Sleep is one of the biggest things. So like I touched on earlier, you need to get your effort any, for you to reach any of your nutrition or fitness goals, you need to get your sleep and your stress in check first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main reason being is for sleep specifically when we're sleeping, that's when our hormones reset. That's when our immune system gets a time to repair, regenerate. Um, and we need to make sure we're getting in those hours. And I know exactly what you're talking about, Amber. Like the people are like, oh, I only need five hours of sleep and I'm (laughs) good to go. (laughs) Well, research shows that when you get less than seven hours of sleep, you're more likely to get a cold. Um, Mm. Actually, new research just came out too that in the week leading up to getting any vaccine, they use the flu shot in their study, but they said you can apply it to most vaccines. Um, If you got less than six or seven hours of sleep a night leading up to the vaccine, it pretty much didn't work. So interesting for these times right now, um, and people don't realize prioritizing your sleep has a larger impact than we may realize. But I always think that's interesting and making sure too, you know, the recommendation is that you get about seven to nine hours of sleep a night. But one of the best things you can do is to go to bed at the same time each night and wake up at the same time every day. Um, so not kind of making, adding up, you know, oh, I yeah. had a nap here for an hour. And then I was up, you know, I went to bed at midnight yep. and I slept for three hours. <laughs> then I was up for an hour and adding it that way. It's like, no, we want quality sleep. So things you can do for quality sleep. Um, I mean, your nutrition will play a role which the biggest thing there is going to be to try and give yourself like about two hours before you go to bed with no food. So your body's fully digested and it's not trying to digest while you sleep. Um, and also watching your sugar intake, not only before bed, but throughout the day, because again, that can kind of play with our hormones, um, and our stress levels too, which can impact our sleep. And if you are, you know, a wine drinker before bed or like to have, you know, your drink of choice before then really try and cut that off two hours. I keep saying before bed, but I really mean before bedtime, Yeah. um, which ideally is 10 PM. And the reason being is we have different stages of sleep. We have about four stages of sleep and without going fully into all of them, 
Stage three is one of our deep sleeps. So stage three and stage four are two deep sleep times. And stage three is really where we have this like rest, repair, and regeneration. And we spend our most time in stage three between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So the later and later you go to bed after 10 p.m., the more you're cutting into that rest, regeneration, and repair time. So it's really important if you can try to get into bed and asleep as close as you can to that 10 p.m. So when I say trying to cut off alcohol at least two hours before bedtime, before that 10 p.m. Um, and same with caffeine. They, you know, studies have really shown that before noon. So trying to cut your caffeine off at noon. Um, some people can get away with 2 p.m. if they're doing more of like a decaf or they don't, they're not really consuming that much um caffeine in the morning, but you Mm. really want to try and cut that off as well. Um, Also, you know, trying to avoid so much blue light right before bed. So even with your TVs and your computer and your phone, which we have all of them coming at us at once, um, you can easily like change the settings in them to have warmer light. Um, I personally use blue light blocking glasses. And if you use a high quality one, like I think they do make a difference. I notice my eyes like are not tired when I wear them versus if I don't have them on, I'm like, it seems so bright. Um, so if you get a good quality pair like that is another great way. And then supplement wise, I love magnesium before bed. Um, magnesium is, it basically helps your muscles contract and relax. So it's almost like a nice little muscle relaxer before bed, but it also helps relax your mind. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of us go through our to-do list, right? When we get in bed, right? Or, you know, it may take us a while to follow, fall asleep if we are thinking about, you know, something that happened earlier in that day or something that's going to happen tomorrow, it really can help calm that mind down. Um, And something to go along with that too is if you do find you're laying in bed at night, going through your to-do list for the next day, get up, write it down, and then go to bed. Mm, Yeah. Get it out of your your head. Yep. Create space so you can get good quality sleep. But magnesium has been... um, a big game changer for me. Um, you want to always look for just some helpful tips in terms of like best for absorption, look for a chelated magnesium, um, and particularly magnesium glycinate or one that's in combination with it. That's going to be really helpful to, again, kind of help you sleep first. And then if you find you still need more support, um, we produce melatonin in our bodies naturally, but you know, because of blue light and, you know, various other factors, or like if you're a night shift worker, our melatonin levels can be all out of whack. If you do find you do need support with melatonin, my advice is just start low and slow. Mm, Um, because if you take, you can easily take too much melatonin and that will not help you sleep. It will actually do the opposite, or it could give you, you know, really vivid dreams or, um, some people have had night terrors if you take too much. So starting with about one to one and a half milligrams and then going up by a half milligram each time, um, is really helpful there. I was going to ask you, are you familiar with natural calm? Yes, I am. What do you, do you feel that's okay? Like what's your thoughts it on is, that? It is um one thing I personally just am not a fan of is 
the even though it's a, more of a natural sweetener, the sweetness level before yes, bed, it is. Sweet. Um, I find mm-hmm. that it does. No matter what type of sweetness you are taking in, if it's natural or not, it increases your sweet cravings. Yeah. Um, True. I personally, I do like Nordic Naturals has a melatonin gummy, and they're sugar free, but it's oh. like they're not very. They're not that. I mean, they really don't taste that sweet. It more so just tastes like a berry flavor. But Mm. what I love is because it's a gummy, you can tailor it to your needs. So like for me, I take, I, you know, and I actually, I usually only take one if I'm traveling and there's any chance of jet lag because it's really supportive there. But I take one and a half gummies. So it's nice. I can just, you know, you know, I cut it or sometimes I just, you know, cut it with my finger. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I love, or just like bite half of it off. Yeah. Um, but I really love that you can tailor it specifically because it's so interesting. Even if people go over like a half a milligram or one milligram over what their melatonin needs are, they can get that, you know, that feeling where they're lying awake and they're so tired, but they can't go oh. to sleep, which to me is just like the worst that thing is ever. The worst. <laughs> I was going to say, so like with magnesium, yeah. how do you how do you figure out like how much you probably should be taking generally? Yeah. So that's, um, generally I will say across the board, anywhere between about 300 milligrams up to about six to 800 milligrams is definitely on the high end. I would start with 300 milligrams. Cause also too, when you're starting any supplements, yeah, your body needs to get used to it. But mm-hmm. one of the greatest things with magnesium, not only with sleep is with stress management. So we have, you know, we have these two different cycles. So one is our sleep stress cycle, which basically is as our, you know, if our stress is high, our sleep is worse. If our sleep is worse, our stress is higher. (laughs) So we have that cycle. So obviously sleep and stress are interconnected through and through. And then with magnesium, as our stress increases, we lose more magnesium. And when we lose more magnesium, our body's not able to respond to or handle stress as well, which then increases our stress. And then we lose more magnesium and the cycle just continues. And this happens for most people. And most people are deficient in magnesium across the board anyways. So for me, it's really important that most people should be taking magnesium daily, um, whether it's you know stress management or also we we're talking about it, not only muscle relaxation for sleep, but muscle contraction. So it's important too, if you're exercising a lot or we're talking about doing a lot of strength training, magnesium is there to really support your muscles as well. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up magnesium because I kind of got lax on that a little bit and mm-hmm. I was taking it and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. So what, how far in advance would you say take magnesium in regards to going to sleep? Yep. So I would say about Amber again, like one to two hours before okay. bedtime. So yeah. 10 PM if you know, but also if you go to bed at 9 PM, go for, you know, take it at 7, 8 PM, whenever it's going to be most convenient for you. And also with any supplement, put it where you're going to take yes. it. So like for yep. me, I take it at, you know, I take magnesium at night. So I leave it on our coffee table because we're usually watching a movie or, you know, sometimes checking emails, but we're usually in our living room space. Um, so making sure you have it in a spot where you will know to take it, but usually, yeah, one to two hours before bed and you'll start to like kind of feel that relaxation come on. Um, 
which is really nice. You don't want to just pop it right before you're going to sleep. Okay. That's good to know. Um, I did want to tell you, it's so funny. Like just the other night I was telling my husband, it was almost 10 and it was like 945. I'm like, I got to go to bed. I'm like, (laughs) bye. Like, I was just like, ah, it's almost 10. And so for you to say that I've noticed, this is so crazy. I've noticed Mm -hmm. this as I've gotten older. Okay. So before it used to be, I've always been an early and like an early riser, go to bed early. People make fun of me. Yeah. Be like, oh my gosh, like you seriously can't stay up. And I don't, I just function better, like with going to bed earlier, getting up earlier. And so, um, I noticed like, okay, like I, I can't do past midnight. And then it got to, I cannot do past 11. Like there's something about it lately. It's like, it's not that I can't go past 10, but I can tell you, I feel more tired. So looking back at what you were saying about the rest regeneration time yep. frame, I'm cheating myself like on that. So I'm like, yeah, see, I am not making this up. I'm like, I, like if I went to bed 10, 15, 10, 30, I kind of get up and I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, I feel, I don't feel as rested. So for me, I think I'm pretty sensitive on like, I think I, I think I've been paying attention to my body for a long time. So where other people may not pick that pick up on that. Right. Like they may be like, Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I, I had talked to somebody a while ago, um, that if you go to bed after a certain time, even if you get the same amount of hours of sleep, it's not, it's not necessarily the same kind of rest. Oh, yeah, Cause you're, you're, you're like you said, you're jipping yourself yes. of that deep sleep. You're, yeah. you know, let's say you're even going to bed at 11. That's a I know. whole hour yeah. that you could have been or extra <laughs> time rested. you could have been in that stage <laughs> three. And Amber, you also said something that is so true. You know, I'm always preaching to people like you need to pay attention to yes. your body. When yeah. your body is saying <laughs> something, you need to listen, but we've all gotten accustomed to like, I'm supposed to wake up tired. Yeah. My life is like, you know, I have a lot going on. I'm supposed to wake up sleepy. That's normal. And it's really not. Um, but one of the best things too, that I always try and tell people too, as like an attraction or motivator is if you're in bed by 10 PM, when we talk about seven to nine hours of sleep, that means you can wake up feeling rested at 6 AM. 7 a.m. or you know even yeah, 5 a.m. That's me. Right? I wake up around Hitting 6. That, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then guess what? You have a whole extra hour hopefully <laughs> to yourself they before do, yeah. maybe your kids, kids are awake. They can't talk to me till 7. Um, they do try to sneak down. I'm like, "No." Yeah, exactly. Or you have <laughs> yeah, you have time to like go for a morning walk yeah, uh-huh. or just have some you time. So I always try to make it attractive in that way too versus going to bed closer to midnight and then Okay, yes. are you really going to wake up at 8 a.m.? I'm pretty sure your kids are going to be awake at yeah. that point. Yes. And you don't get any you time. And then you're just reaching again because you got less of that rest and restoration. You're reaching for the coffee pot first instead of, which this was another thing I wanted to talk about was hydration. Instead of reaching for your glass of water first thing in the morning, um, which is also one of the best things you can do for overall health period, but also just women as we get older as well is start your day off with 16 ounces of water. I don't care if you put lemon in it. I don't care if you do an herbal tea. I don't care if it's hot, if it's cold, start your day off with 16 ounces of water. Basically when we sleep, it's when our bodies dehydrate the most and our cells are dehydrated and we want our cells plump and hydrated And so if you can do that before your coffee, before any type of caffeine or any food you eat, it 
will do your body wonders. Yes, I agree. And I got into the habit. I need to, you just challenged me because I'm like, I need to do 16. Mm-hmm. I've been doing eight ounces when I, the moment I get up. And so yeah. um, I do think that makes a big difference. And um, so you saying 16, I'm like, oh, I got to add another cup. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I do think that is a good point. I wanted to also say that um, for me, um, it really, it kind of helps keep my like, digestion going like for me it helps me go to that yes. I know that's like a lot yep. of information here but um no but I think I think I don't think I realize how many people deal with constipation like that's not an issue I have yeah. but I don't think I realize how much this like impacts people especially women totally. and so for me I'm like oh when I do this and we've taught our girls this um to because to help them and you know because I they might as well learn young you know and so yep. um I, for me, I'm just kind of like, wow. I'm like, I don't even think I ever realized this. I don't know how long I've been doing this. And I just notice it kind of just, it almost acts as a lubricant. It just kind of like helps. I, I don't oh, know. It's, it's, it's really so, crazy. I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah. you almost like within a half hour, it's almost like you just took a laxative. It's very interesting to me. <laughs> no, it is interesting. And so Amber, the three things, if anyone listening is experiencing constipation and also yeah. let's, let's decipher what that is. So you okay. should be having a bowel movement. Mm-hmm one to two times a day. Yeah. It is not normal. I don't care if you say it's all your life. You go to the bathroom every two to three days. That's not normal. I, I can't even imagine You that. should be having a bowel. Oh my gosh, me either. That would hurt. You should be having a, which I will say pregnancy. Oh yeah. That oh messes my God. Up I wasn't going, I wasn't yeah. going twice a day and it was like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the hormones but, and all that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was the worst. But the three things you can do, add fiber to your diet. But along with fiber, you have to have enough hydration or be hydrated enough because all you're going to get if you load your body with fiber and don't give it the proper hydration is most likely stomach pains because you need that hydration almost like what you said, Amber, as like a lubricant Mm -hmm. to let your body pass your bowel movement. Um, And then the third thing is moving. So again, taking a walk in the morning Mm -hmm. and drinking your water while you take that walk. Oh, that's what I do. Nine times out of 10, you're probably going to go to the bathroom when you get back, especially if you're having issues. And then it's funny enough because when we were talking about magnesium, so also with the muscle relaxer part of it. That helps you go. Yep. Magnesium is another great one if you're taking it at night. Yeah. It'll help you stay regular. And then also a probiotic. (laughs) Yeah. Probiotic's another great one. Um, I highly suggest taking, especially if you're having, I mean, honestly, everybody should be on probiotics, right. but if like you're having issues, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if you're having issues too, um, but yeah, water movement mm. and fiber, and then maybe some, you know, some magnesium and a probiotic. Yeah. It's like the golden ticket. Um, I will say something in terms of hydration. If you find you are drinking a lot of water throughout the day, yeah, but you're constantly peeing, um, you're eating a lower carbohydrate diet normally, you have to make sure you're taking in enough sodium. Oh, so yeah. to actually retain that water, because when we eat a lower carbohydrate diet, we retain less sodium, mm. which then in turn retains less water, um, yeah. which some people will be like, oh, well, that's great. Then I won't be bloated. No, no, no. <laughs> Usually you're only like bloated for a short period of time. If let's say, you know, let's say you went out to eat and there was a lot of sodium in your meal, right. And you feel bloated the next day. That's usually just, it's just acute bloating, but we want to make sure that you're getting enough. So salt has always just gotten such a bad rap into 
avoid it, but you need to make sure, or like I said, if you find you're drinking water constantly, but like your lips are still chapped or you're constantly, like you almost feel like you're peeing out everything you're taking in, either add um, some Himalayan salt, like any type of mineral salt to your water or one I do love, um, LMNT or they're called element. Um, they have just like little hydration packets. They have unflavored and different flavors, um, which all taste almost like just like a watered down Gatorade. But I add usually about a half a packet to my water each day just to make sure all the water I'm taking in, I'm actually retaining it. And also I'm pregnant. And when you're pregnant, um, your electrolyte needs go up a lot. So that's another great time to take them as well. Yeah, that is, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I was just thinking as we kind of end this, I wanted to add, is there any other supplements that you're kind of like, okay, these are the, this is what you really need to have. Um, even if you're not somebody who's approaching 40 or in their forties, um, just so that we can kind of tie all this up and, and people can kind of have a list to be like, okay, this is what I want to start with. And then what I might have you do after you mentioned this, if we can kind of create a little bit of a priority list, because I know sure. some people just get so overwhelmed and then they end up doing nothing. Cause they're like, well, like I can't afford all these at yeah. the same time, or this is too many <laughs> habits to change in like, you know, in, in a hot second. So I'm thinking maybe we can kind of group these down. Then it can kind yep. of be a little bit more doable. Well, let's do it in tiers, Amber. Okay, so perfect. Okay, tier, tier number one, the three supplements, I think every single person should be on is one in omega-3, which you can get tested for your omega-3 levels, but 90% of the population is deficient. But why I say omega-3 first is they're basically the gatekeepers to our cells. So Mm. fat surrounds our cells. So fat makes up our cell membrane and the health of our cells dictates the health of our entire body. And basically when depending on what fat is surrounding that cell. So let's say um, you're not getting enough omega-3s and you're having a lot of omega-6 fats, which yes, come from processed foods and unhealthy oils, things like that. But they also come from things like chicken and avocados and other really good and hummus and really good, yummy, healthy fats. Um, But they're just not the omega-3s we're looking for we don't get like a fluid omega threes basically make our cell membrane very fluid, which allows nutrients in and pushes waste out. So I always say start with an omega three, because if you're taking all these supplements or even let's just say you're eating a really healthy diet, we want those nutrients to actually get into our cells, right? Because that's where we see the benefits. So you need to make sure you're getting enough omega threes to have them actually get into your cells. So that's number one. Um, number two is a probiotic, like we talked about earlier. Gut health is immensely important. And I I mean, I have never met someone where I'm like, oh, your gut health is primed without having to supplement with a probiotic <laughs> or I don't think our um, food, I don't think our food today is what it needs to be for well, anyone exactly, to be able Amber, to. That's a great yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Our food yeah. has changed yeah. so the soil, much over the, the soil years. Of our food. Yep, the soil yeah. health. Yeah. Oh, so so I, I don't know Amber, if you, if you saw kiss the ground on no, Netflix, but, I haven't. Um, oh, it's all about soil health and oh. how important it is. And it's a really good documentary okay. for anyone listening. Kiss the ground. Um, 
So probiotic next. And then the third one is vitamin D. And this is one I highly encourage you at your next doctor's appointment. If you have never gotten your vitamin D levels checked, get them checked. Most people are deficient. Um, and especially too, if you have a darker skin tone, mm. it's tougher for you to make vitamin D from the sun. So it's really important too, that you're making sure you're getting enough vitamin D. And I will say most clients I have that end up getting their vitamin D levels checked are very deficient. Um, so that's a third one most people need, because again, even just like people say, Oh, I get it from the sun, but you have to have no sunscreen on, which isn't really recommended by dermatologists. Yes. Um, it's like, Oh, you, do you have vitamin D or skin cancer? Exactly. Yeah. You have to not be covered <laughs> up. Right. So even for me, like when I go on my morning walks, I'm like, I'm all bundled up. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really important that those would be like my top three next tier down magnesium. We talked about to me, it's a must. Um, it's so supportive. And really the main part, like, let's say, you know, we talked about how it can be supportive for your muscles. Let's say you don't exercise at all. Okay. Well, I think everyone's stressed. I think we can agree upon that and everyone needs better sleep. Um, so magnesium is the next one. And again, because most people are deficient, these are kind of all ones that people are just naturally deficient in. And then along with that tier, I would say a B complex. Um, and that's going to be really supportive of your metabolism along with omega threes and vitamin D. Um, those are going to be, you know, that combination of B complex omega threes and vitamin D are really there to help support your metabolism as well, which we'd like, we talked about as we're approaching 40 right. and well before that we need to really be conscious of, um, but a B complex, most people are deficient in different B vitamins, but it also helps give us energy. And it's like, who doesn't want that? I know right? I, I sprayed uh, some in my mouth. I'm like, yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's another thing too. Like if you find you're really low in energy, like it may be worth to get your, you know, B your checked. levels checked uh -huh. for B12. Right. And, um, I love a B complex though, because you're getting B12, but along with the, all the other B vitamins, because sometimes I find people just focus on B12, but mm. in reality, like they could be deficient in B6. Um, so it's really important, but I would say like out of my two tiers, those are my top. So okay. more manageable, right? We have yeah. five. Yeah. Um, but Again, you can get your omega-3 levels checked first. You can get your vitamin D levels checked first if you want to see if you need to. Um, but it's just, again, you know, those supplements that most people are deficient in that show a really large impact. Yeah, that was helpful. I could keep talking about this and maybe you need to come on <laughs> at another time. I'm like, or this is going to be a two-hour show. Um, yeah. But this was so great because I just... I really want to help people. And I think, I think because I had adrenal issues, I worked with functional doctors. Mm -hmm. So I learned yep. a lot, um, even to the point where I was breastfeeding my daughter for a long time. And she was kind of like, she's like, I think you kind of need to stop. She's like, as good as it is for her. She's like, I think it's draining your adrenals. So that it's like, it's good to have somebody kind of completely. Yeah. On your side, even though it's such, it's good for, you know, it was good for my daughter's immune system. Um, but I think she she's trying to fix me. And then I think she's like, this is getting challenging because you're depleting yourself trying to give to her. And so, and she was old enough to, you know, it wasn't a problem. And so um, I think by having that experience and kind of fixing myself and the thing that she would always just hammer into my head is my sleep. She's like the sleep. Yep. So that's why I think I got so focused on the sleep and how 
like in a perfect and and I saw an acupuncturist and she, and she's Chinese and from China and she would just be like in her Chinese accent she'd always call me her Chinese mother. She's my Chinese mother. <laughs> and she would be she wanted me not to actually get up before 7. Like when I was trying to fix my adrenals, like she just really wanted me to have that time that wasn't that realistic because I was working at the time, but um yeah, so I think by having all those experiences, I learned different things on um on what to do. But if you have never had that experience or you didn't study any of that, you can be completely clueless and, and, and don't even know like what you even need to do or where to even start. And it could be such simple things that could start turning things around. And what, and what to look for. Um, we actually, I should, I should say Amber and, um, She's great. So I just had, we have a podcast called naturally well Mm -hmm. through Nordic naturals. Okay. And actually I want to say her episode is coming out next week. Um, but I interviewed one of my friends in RDs, um, Kristen DeAngelis, and she's a functional medicine dietitian. And our whole episode was about adrenal health. Oh yeah. So I don't know if you have a you know someone on that has come to talk about it, but I haven't. She, you know what? Oh my she gosh. She dives right in. So oh, anyone listening, so if you're like, well, what is this adrenal health? I mean, yeah. I will say too, so many things are misdiagnosed that really yeah. are just your adrenals. Are, yes. Which also adrenal adrenal fatigue for everyone listening yeah. is also burnout. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's where like you know. You feel like There's you're laying so on the floor signs. doing nothing. Yes, but she like <laughs> she goes into and she had her own personal journey with it, but she goes into things you should look for, what mm. you can do specifically, but yes. I'm sure you would just find it really interesting, yeah. but your listeners may as well um because she goes she just explains it so well and cuz half the battle too is, you know, we were talking about earlier is listening to your body and yeah. when it's doing something, making sure you're addressing it, but sometimes we we hear it saying something but we don't know what to do about it or Western medicine doesn't know what to do about it. Right. They want to put you on a, a, some type of pill or medication. Um, and in reality, there's some easy lifestyle changes you can make. Yeah. that I, And thank you for sharing that because I do think that yeah. makes such a big difference. And I think people don't even realize that, you know, they even might have adrenal issues and, um, and all that stuff. So, um, what was her name again? Kristen DeAngelis. Yeah. She's great. Amber. She's like, she knows so much about, I mean, adrenal fatigue. I think we're going to have her back on to talk about thyroid health. Um, but yeah, she's fabulous. It just makes a big difference. Like if those things aren't functioning and really for me, like the thing that I just kept learning over and over again is I had to protect my sleep. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am ruthless when it comes to my sleep. So, I mean, obviously it helps that I don't have newborns because I mean, when people have newborn, you you have to do what you got to do. Okay. So I'm not talking to people who have newborns. I'm waiting for that, Amber. I'm like, because I am religious, like I'm in bed by nine 30 every night and I'm tired. And so I am like, what is this going to be like? Yeah. I'll tell you for me, it was so hard to get up at two o'clock in the morning. And probably because that was like on the end of that rested regeneration that I wasn't having. Uh (laughs) And maybe I went to bed at 11 because I did a feeding and then I'm like, so that's all messed up. So uh, one thing that I will say that my lactation consultant, and you said that this isn't good to do. And I say this, this is not probably good to do when you're not dealing with a newborn, but when you have a newborn, she was saying to piecemeal your rest like yes, that, which will, you have to, it will make up for you that. Have to yes. Piece, you, well, you, and you do. have to piecemeal yes. it because you're never, you're never going to get, no, you're not. <laughs> and because the baby needs to eat. With a newborn. Even if it yeah, sleeps, it, it has to, it does have to 
uh, get food in a shorter window at certain times. Yeah. And so I know I'm trying to we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Just take care of yourself. You'll be good. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, but but I, th- I think the thing is when you're saying that, like for people to piecemeal, like they have a newborn, that's not ideal. Like people who have newborns are surviving. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah, want to copy what someone's doing surviving no. as your normal mode of sleeping. Uh-uh. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So anyway, it was so great having you on the show and um, I appreciate everything. And um, I just am really trying to help all these moms out there that are just kind of, you know, beating their head against the wall and not knowing like what's happening to them. So this was very helpful. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Amber. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email, and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.